This week is Parshas Vayishlach. And this week's Dvar Torah again, Biyashchus Ve'erez Ben Hadas, who Baruch Hashem, him and his sister Sar Bat Hadas, were both released this week. May Hashem bring Bracha and Yeshua to them. May Hashem bring them emotional healing, physical healing, spiritual healing. I personally was very moved when I saw her mother, their mother's reaction. Her reaction was that she screamed out, Yesha Kim. She appreciated that it was a miracle and a gift from Hashem. And may it be the beginning of uh, good things for the Mishpacha Hashem in that direction. And may Hashem redeem her husband, Ophir ben Kochava, as well, Bekarov. Also, want to donate this, dedicate this year to Ischus for Rafua Shalema for Yigal ben Renana and Or ben Renana, the Yaakov brothers. Saw the story of Yigal's Tfilin and was moved by it as well. May Hashem. Help them heal together with the rest of the Shvuyim, and may Hashem redeem the rest of our Shvuyim. Bekarov, may we be zochet to Hanukkah miracles of Hashem redeeming our captives. Bekarov. In general, this topic of trading hostages has been on my mind. I did see that a, there's a tshuva that Ravaja Yosef wrote in consultation. It's in the tenth volume of of Yabia Omer. It was during the Entebbe raids. The some of the politicians asked them to debate if they should trade, if they could trade hostages for terrorists, whether or not that's mutter. Was there any consultation with Rav Yashiv and Rav Shlomo Zalman and And so I see that they've already taken a position, I don't know about ratios, but in general to say that such a thing is an okay thing to do. So I know my place. And, um, but I, so then uh, that's the position of the Gadoli Hadar, then that is the position. And may Hashem just continue to protect and watch over our people. So it's interesting that this is the week where the hostages releasing has been going on. In this week's parasha, we have a story of Dina being taken hostage by Shechem. Just uh, wanted to talk about one or two ideas in the parasha that I feel like spoke to the current situation, at least to me. So we have in Perek Lamed Gimel, Pasuket Ches, we begin the story where Yaakov comes showing Ir Shechem. That he comes to Shechem and he's Sholem. He's just finished up with Esav. And it says, Vayichan, when, when, Vayichan is Penehair. That he encamps, means he encamps in the face of the city. But the Gemara says, Vayichan, I guess in language of he gave them good things. Gemara in Shabbos and Gimel says that he made a coinage for them, that he built bathhouses for them. The Medrash says that he opened up stores and sold things on the cheap for them. He did things to benefit the people of Shechem. Why did he do this? Sounds like from the Chedush Elev that the way my Rosh Hashiva explained it is that since he was staying in the city, he felt a certain Hakaras Atov to try to benefit the people of the city. That that is the that is the proper way that when you're staying somewhere, you should try to bring benefit to the place. I mean, you're staying in a town, so you support the local businesses, and you you know you dive into shul and you try to give back to that shul. You try to do things to benefit those that benefit you. So what struck me was that then we see what Shechem does to Dina, and as the Chazal Darshan from the Pasuk, that this was not a normal thing, even in the Goyesha world in that time, to do such a thing. It was very abnormal behavior to take her and violate her. And it really, to me, it just it struck this idea of how, after all that he did to benefit Shechem, this is how... Shechem repaid him. And you see there's no public outcry. According to some, this is why the city was held liable. is because nobody, nobody found this offensive. This didn't bother people. 
just see a parallel to what we have in Eretz Yisrael, I was uh, recently made aware that the kibbutz communities, the majority of them that were attacked, were in fact the bridge-building type of communities. So I heard from Rav Yitzchak Berkowitz that in fact some of the, that one of the main people helping in the attack were workers, people who these people had reached an olive branch out to employ these people for the sake of building bridges. So then they were well, equi- well aware of the area and they knew the family, so they were very good at helping Hamas know exactly how many people are in each family and, and how to attack. He mentioned that there's a woman, in fact, from the kibbutz. She spoke at, H- at HUK. She was writing a book, she was calling it, that we have to change our perspective of them and then we'll then we'll be able to make peace with them. And in fact, she has been converted by Shemini Atzeres. She does not plan on publishing this book. And I saw also that Sinwar Yamach Shemo, that he in fact actually had a brain tumor in 2007 and Israeli doctors saved his life. And just to me, it just underscores the idea of not even a drop of Akar Satov, no sense of looking to do anything besides massacre and destroy our people. I saw today that Mrs. Lifshitz, one of the original hostages freed, that she even asked him, she said to, he came apparently around to visit, she said, don't you feel bad that you're attacking all the people that have been trying to build bridges and build peace? He did, he did not respond. But to me, the idea is that in order to build bridges, you need the other side to want to build bridges. And it's just the complete lack of a car. So to me, it just parallels what we saw in Shechem. I want to contrast it. There's a word that Rav Chaim Zonenfeld says earlier in the parsha. It talks about Yaakov meeting Esav. It says that he bowed down seven times at Gishto and Achim until he reached until his brother. So Rav Chaim Zonenfeld said a pshat in the pasuk that he was working on himself by bowing down to feel to be Muhammad schus on Esav and to feel closeness to Esav. Until he felt El Achim, until he felt that brotherly love. That the Pshat was as a concept of Kamayim Haponim Haponim Kim Leva Adam Adam. That the way that we view other people, in fact, reflects back from them. And so if you have an enemy, then you should work to view him more positively, and then you'll be able to bring him close and become a friend. And that's what Yaakov was trying to do with Esau. And they do say such an idea. I heard stories of. Uh, certain uh, secular stores in Eretz Yisrael, and people, somebody was trying to get them to close on Shabbos, and they were very, very hostile to the whole religious thing. And they were advised, build your love for them, and you'll be able to build that bridge, and you'll be able to, to eventually be makar of them to closing their store. And they did it, and it worked. That was the story that I remember hearing a while back. So I just was thinking a little bit, why is that different from what these people were trying to do, trying to build the bridges with the... Uh, with the people in Gaza. And we know that there are plenty of good Arabs. There are Arabs in United Hatzalah. There are Arabs, there are whole Arab neighborhoods that have, for example, my sister used to live in Telstone, the next door neighborhood, Abu Ghosh. Even in 1948, they never fought with the Jewish people. There are people that are looking for peace. So how, what's the difference between this part of Yaakov Avinu trying to change his view, perspective of Esav versus people trying to change their perspective of the people in Gaza. So I don't have uh, curious to hear what other people think. I was thinking the Peshat is that in order to build, to extend the olive branch and build that relationship and transform, there has to be a willingness from both sides. I mean, there does have to be 
At the end of the day, Esav is a complicated character, and he is Yaakov's brother, and he does have goodness within him. And at the end of the day, the one over. At the end of the day, our fellow Jewish brothers are our fellow Jewish brothers. I was thinking maybe contrast it to people who have no interest in making peace, and Fakert, all the people who want to make peace, have peace, and those are where all the people collect, for the most part, who don't want to make peace to a strong degree. It's a different situation. There's nothing to extend the olive branch to. There's some other overlaps between the Parsha and what's going on in the world that we see that Dina gets taken and Shimon and Levi, they say to Yaakov Avinu, and Yaakov says, why did you do the, why did you wipe out the city of Shechem? They say, could you make it let our sister be treated like a zona? And the way the Targum Yonason translates the Pasuk People are going to say that they that you could violate our sister and get away with it. We have to show that they were killed because they violated you know, that you don't get away with something like this. And for a reason that Yaakov was upset at them, but it seems that there's a lot of basis for what they did as far as exact, exactly why it was mutter for them to take vengeance on the seemingly 99% of peaceful Shemites. So that's an interesting topic of... Maral actually is not really bothered by this cash. In the Goraya, the Maral says, and you're fighting a war, you can't uh, take a look and say, oh, those are the three pieces, those are the three Midianites who didn't do anything wrong. Make sure then the arrows hit them. When you fight a war, you fight a war. That's another topic that comes up in this week's Parsha. I'm just going to end again. Feel before HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Hashem should bring Gula and Yeshua to all of our people and bring us to do what we're supposed to do. And Bezos Hashem will bring the BS Gold Sadek from here via Mano.